When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike. I'm here with Jameson and Nick. Jameson, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? It's your first time here. I guess we should probably tell people I married her. Cats you did? Of, cats out of the bag. Yes, I did. <laughs> this is my wife. Today's episode is about lighting your home. And not only about the things I enjoy, which is the technology, but there's also decorating methods and there is ways to lighten a room without using electricity and that is where she really steps in i'm not that talented at it i just think i know what i'm doing really hey that's (laughs) perfect because that's how nick and i operate is that about right (laughs) yeah generally speaking we think we know what we're doing until we have to pay someone that does know what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) all right so as i said before today we're going to focus on the light in your home now nick when i talk about lighting your home what's the first thing that comes to your mind the bill the bill every time (laughs) anybody who owns a house knows they have a little bit of ptsd when the electric bill comes animosity resentment ptsd yeah hatred hateful hatred there's a lot of words you can use for it (laughs) i think jamie has heard me say some interesting things about the power company we have a Large home with a bunch of kids and very few people turn anything off. So I definitely cringe when we hit about the 16th of the month because I know that bill is coming. Well, and I like to blame it on the kids, but half the time it's me leaving all the lights on. So Right. So in case you're wondering, we're including Jameson, mainly hoping she'll hear a lot of the things that are being said also. I think the point of that is to not tell her that's the point. Yeah, I'm not awesome at that. Yeah, I know. We'll work on the signals later. <laughs> All right. So when we're talking about light bulbs in the house, because that's the first thing. When I when you think about the technology of lighting your home, you start thinking about light bulbs. And they've changed over the last 100 years. Now, they changed rapidly over the last 10 years. But we ha- I have to say 100 years because the Edison bulbs or the incandescent bulbs have been around for a long time. They've been around long enough for people to use the term build a better light bulb before someone actually did. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm about to go on a rant about incandescent light bulbs. As an engineer, I think that the energy you use should be put towards what you want. And Nick, when you buy a light bulb, what's the first thing you want from that light bulb? Light. One would hope. Generally speaking, I'd I'd like it to be cost efficient and functional, but I want light. Yeah. First uh, and foremost. Absolutely. Light. I want to be able to see. Because that's why I bought it. And my little short rant about that is that is not what they do. 90% of the energy that goes to an incandescent bulb actually goes to heat. Which you brought up earlier about your light in the one room that has the graveyard in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the insect graveyard, it is kind of funny, but... You're not kidding, and neither was I. Uh, you put a new light bulb in there. Usually it's 100 watt because it's a fixture that's got like an opaque exterior. You can't really see. Really, most of the light comes from what reflects off the inside under the ceiling. It doesn't come down at all. So when you turn it on and it lights up, all you see are all these tiny little dead bodies. And uh, it doesn't matter how often you change them. It's terrible. It's very bad in the spring and in the end of fall. 
when everything's trying to get in where it's warmer. Oh, my Lord. Right. And so now think of that during the summertime when you're using the lights. You've got the air conditioning on and all these light bulbs running in the house. They're just doing, well, what, what, what my son did last week, which turned on an air conditioner and a heater. We're just battling with electricity. So incandescent bulbs are obsolete. I don't think there's any gray area. If you have them, get rid of them. Unless you need to heat a small room on top of light, then it's productive. Then came CFL. Now, what's the first thing you think about about the curly Q bulbs that... One of those ones that take forever to bring you light? Yes, that's exactly it. The first thing you think of is you have to schedule your need to see. Yeah. Especially in climates like we have here in Michigan. (laughs) We had an interesting conversation shortly after my, when I took the job I have. Our, our custodian for the building would only put those in our walk-in coolers and freezers. And I explained to him that that wasn't a good option. And he just couldn't accept that I wasn't happy with it. So one day I came in, just took them all out, put regular light bulbs in there. And I know you don't like those regular light bulbs, but you given the option, I want instant light. Incandescent? Yes, I want instant light. So now the heat pump that is running your cooler is now pumping the heat from the lights out. Yeah, it is. But here's <laughs> here's where I make that, that justification. If I've got to go into the walk-in, my walk-in is 27 feet by 12 feet on one side. At the end of that walk-in, if you don't have a light on, it is pitch black with a concrete floor and huge steel shelves. I'm not nimble. I don't want to walk through the dark. <laughs> I want instant light in, out. It doesn't. It won't be on long enough to produce enough heat to hurt anything in there. However, the, on the other side of it, with those light bulbs, they've got to be on for 15 minutes before they get to where they're supposed to be nice and bright in a cooler, let alone my freezer. So at this point, I have a light on for a quarter of an hour just so I can go in and grab a 30-second bag of meatballs. Right. Well, and, and what you're doing is you're assessing your need. Based on the technologies. Now you can probably make that change to LED, and we'll get to LEDs in a moment. Oh, we did. Six months ago. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Now, CFLs, other than I have to plan to see, because the one thing incandescent bulbs did for us was let us know we could see light at the speed of light and was taken away by CFLs, but it also had mercury vapor on the inside. Those have to be recycled in a very specific way to be sustainable. The return cost on them isn't necessarily terrible. It does use only 10% of what an incandescent bulb does, but it Mm -hmm. also gives off UV light, which is not visual. That's why if you look at them, there's a paint on them. And that UV light comes across, mixed with the mercury, and the electricity comes through just like, like a neon light would. It excites that gas, and then the fluorescent paint on the inside is what actually gives us our light. Which is why it takes so long. So someone tried to build a better light, just didn't have what everybody needed. Then came LED. LED, when we first got LED in this house, it was white light. Do you remember the original LED light bulbs that we put in here? Where it was blinding you in every room and (laughs) it's like a runway. (laughs) Yeah, I made the mistake in this little bathroom that we have to put, I filled the whole light bar. You couldn't look in the mirror. It was so bright. <laughs> Ten That's watts. awesome. And I'm so pale and reflective that it was worse when I looked in the mirror. It was mirror. like an x-ray. You turn it on like, I got a spot on my liver, honey. <laughs> it was was not comfortable. There was no heat coming from it, but you couldn't see. So when LEDs first came out, they weren't dimmable. They were exceptionally bright white. There was no yellow light like you would get mm-hmm. from an incandescent bulb. They were just super inconvenient and uncomfortable. Now, you believe otherwise. 
I, to some degree, I'm not necessarily believing otherwise. Everything you're saying is true to you. But being that I do YouTube and I do a lot of things with photography, I like bright white light, like lots mm-hmm. of it. And so we had all of the fixtures in our basement, I guess the term would be retrofitted, like essentially halfway taken apart and adjusted for LEDs. And so now when you click that switch, it is instant sunlight. Like it is <laughs> awesome. It's just, you'll see spaces you didn't know you had. Well, you will look at least 15 years older. Maybe in, you will in that light. I don't. I already know. I'm not. I know how old I am. I know how old I look. I've looked forty since I was eight years old. Okay. But now LED has yellow lights. Mm-hmm. It has dimmable lights. It has multi-directional. That was another thing. It would only be on a flat surface and give you this. You know, not even 180 degrees. Now you can actually have a light bulb that functions like a light bulb. LED uses about 2% of the energy, 2 to 5% of an incandescent bulb. Mm-hmm. Very little of it goes to heat. I think we have finally found the better light bulb. Oh, for sure. So do you remember having to switch a light bulb or test to see if like a fixture was functioning? Like you go to take a light bulb out, it's real hot. You don't mm-hmm. have to wait until it cooled down. So when you blow like a breaker or a circuit now, they're super easy to check because they don't get that warm. Well, and that's the first thing I did here was made sure that every light had an LED bulb. There was a distinct difference. Very few things can you immediately see a difference in. Replacing the light bulbs with with all LED made an immediate difference on that bill that drives us nuts every month. So, so I don't think there's a debate anymore. Cost-wise, LEDs are just as affordable. That is the artificial light in the home. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's becoming a lot more popular to go LED route. I think it's kind of proven itself over time. Nobody, I, honestly, I went to go pick up a snake light for our snake, Jake, and I needed something to warm his tank. And I could not find a heat lamp for that snake. It took me three trips to find a heat lamp for the snake cage. I need to focus Trillium. on the wrong part of this. You say his name is Jake? Jake the snake. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never been happier to hear something about it. Right now. Well, and LEDs don't have to be recycled in the same manner of importance. Should they be? Absolutely. But they don't have to be recycled like a CFL bulb, which, let's be honest, have you ever taken a CFL bulb directly to be recycled? No, I don't think I've ever taken a single light bulb to be recycled. Exactly. So any of the mercury vapor or anything else in there, we all know where it went. Well, and to be real, I didn't even know that was a thing until we got married. So... (laughs) You are welcome. Thank you. So if we stay with LEDs, we get a superior product without any hazards in comparison. Now, what that does is lead us into other options. Almost everybody understands the physical lighting of a room these days. What is different and what I am still learning is other ways to lighten a room while we are decorating or designing that room. Yes, And actually, that's something that Nick kind of started to touch on is there are certain lights you need for certain rooms. You don't want to put the brightest white light in a baby room. You don't want your dim relaxing lights in your kitchens, your bathrooms, or your workspaces. There are different needs for different areas of the house. There are places you need those bright lights. There are places you need the natural light. There are places that you need more dim relaxing or even not, just not as much natural because, for example, our one living room has our plants that don't need as much direct sunlight. Our second living room has the plants that need the direct sunlight. We have a light living room and a more dim living room. It just depends on your need for each particular room. Now, I want to bring up the fact that in one of our previous episodes, Nick wrongfully called our house a jungle. 
for the amount of plants in this house. Do we have to go through this again? (laughs) It's a jungle. It is not a jungle. Mike has a problem. There are a select amount of plants placed strategically through our home. Okay, and then so, they make plant babies, and then you put more okay, plants. Okay, so we, we have plants that breed, that are curated. We have two furry predators, and you have a carnivorous reptile. A jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was just making that point. We will move on. Back to designing the room. So one of the main things that I look at when I am designing a room is where can we bring in the natural light, of course. Your first and foremost and cheapest light you can get is direct sunlight. Your most important job is keeping your windows clean. Dirty windows are not going to let in light. The cleaner the window is, the more natural light you're going to bring in. Also, another thing that I was thinking of when we I was just redecorating one of our living rooms it is a medium-ish color wall, which kind of darkens up the room a little bit. So I put satin finish trim. Right, right. Um, I used just a stark white, and that satin has a little bit of a shine to it, so it kind of gives you a reflective surface. Well, and I know some people, you know, when you have different rooms, you have different purposes, and some of them you may want dark, and you can make those decisions as you go. The, our home gets very little natural light. I know it gets some. On mm-hmm. the, but on the first floor, mm-hmm. it doesn't get enough. For a plant guy, there is not enough natural light. That creates this huddle effect around the windows over the winter. But if we can move that light throughout the house equally in more places, not only does it feel better, it's more comfortable, but it can feed plants in different parts of the house. It can feed us, in a sense, in different parts of the house. And I honestly never thought of moving the style of paint. I knew colors. You know, just from the physics of light, but never thought about taking the properties of the paint, using something with a little more reflective property to help move that light. Yeah. Yep. Anything above, there's satin, there's semi-gloss, and there's high gloss. I will say there is a warning to heed with this for anybody who's going to decorate their house and wants the reflected surfaces. A high gloss is going to make your paint look much more extreme. So a country blue in a high gloss is going to look Superman blue. I know this from experience. (laughs) So take warning and heed of that, but... Using a high gloss, one, is a lot easier to clean. Two, the the reflection that it gives off that brings in the natural light bounces around the room a lot easier. High gloss might be a little extreme, but satin to semi-gloss is usually pretty decent at doing that job. My two cents on lighting it kind of revolves around the way it makes you feel. I'm not a painter. I'm not like an interior decorator. I am really good at breaking things, and it's not easy for me to make something look nice. But when it comes to white light, it gives you kind of like a false sense of real natural light natural light makes you feel good when you see a bright sunny day outside you want to go out and be in the light you want to you want to go do stuff even if you're not like an outdoors person it makes you feel more vibrant more alive more energized so when you have a lot of natural light in the central areas of your home living room your dining room kitchen table it makes you a little more kind of apt to sit there and do things whether or not you realize it it's not something that it's not like you walk in a room and go oh this room's depressing i'm gonna go away like it's just you just want to be there and then you see 
see the dimmer light, the more comfortable, like more almost like a comforting light in your bedroom at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You the walk yellow. in there, it's not overly bright. It's kind of calm. It's relaxed as you wind down. It also helps stimulate your melatonin levels like you get ready for bed in rooms mm-hmm. like that. They also say something similar about, you know, reducing or dimming the light, you know, when you're having dinner. It draws your focus a little more narrow so you can actually focus on what's in front of you. You can have more of an intimate conversation because you're not paying attention to the fly buzzing over there or whatever's going on. It's something I don't think a lot of people really consider or even think about in that regard. Like, I know that white reflects light. I've always known that. I've never considered it in paint. Right. <laughs> well, and, and that's one of the reasons, like, in my home, I did, I've never considered. Now, granted, first of all, I've never considered dark colors because I'm me and I don't paint things in dark colors. His but, favorite color is beige. Uh, there's a wide variety of beige. <laughs> I vanilla. There's a large variety of browns and grays and earth tones that work for me that are <laughs> mostly on the light side. But so my homes have always been a lighter color, mm-hmm. but there's so many other aspects to making it comfortable. You hit on a point there. Each room has a, has a need or a feel, just like Jameson said. And changing the lighting to your bedroom, changing the lighting in your dining room to get the moods you're looking for is a legitimate point. I never I never really considered that. I've done things like changed the laptop screen and the phone screen to yellow light after 9 o'clock so that my brain doesn't reset like the sun is up still. Because mm-hmm. we're biologically designed for that white light to tell us it's daytime, go hunting. You know, so I have those that will turn off and go to yellow light. But then I walk in the room and turn the light on and we mm-hmm. have a, a white light in there. Mm-hmm. So you're right. There are some things that I could do to make the house even more comfortable. Um, one one of my things, I had a question about what do you feel about dimmer switches? I mean, are those, I mean, obviously those are something that can change the, the lighting and the mood of the room and the brightness, you know, not naturally, obviously, but are those energy efficient? Are those? Well, dimmer switches change not the light per se, but the intensity of mm-hmm. that light, mm-hmm. especially with LED. With a with an incandescent bulb, you're catching a filament on fire. And as you reduce that, you're just catching it less on fire. So yeah, you are reducing the amount of egregious energy used. Is it noticeable? Probably not. With LED, there's almost no difference in a dimming LED bulb to a full-strength LED bulb because there's almost no energy used in an LED bulb. So we have... I think two dimmer switches in my house. I may be wrong. But the one downstairs, when you put an LED in it, when you crank it up to full, it's fine. If you crank it down to real low, it's fine. But if you put it in the middle, and it may be a defect with the, uh, or just the fact that it's an old fixture. But in the middle, the light almost pulses. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't maintain the proper, you know, like consistency of light. And last week with my phone, when I had the reflection showed the waves going through those those fluorescent bulbs at, at the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. But you can see it with your eyes. And it, it honestly hurts your eyes to look at it. Mm-hmm. Not all LEDs are dimmable. Uh, Good to know. Matter of fact, the bulk of them made before probably 2018 were not the box will say non-dimmable. Hmm. It will damage the bulb. Well, this is a problem with reading. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> or now, a lack thereof. A lot of the newer ones are dimmable. They've they've put a circuit inside. It helps regulate okay. the electrical flow. What it is is you're using light-emitting diodes. So as you're trying to spread that energy out amongst the diodes, it's, they're all not getting it. Okay. the same. And you get this fluctuation in the circuit, and it will blow the bulb. 
it can blow the bulb. So most of the newer ones will resolve that. So would it be easier in some house, like if you have an older house that doesn't have, well, I guess I guess if you just buy the right bulbs, but for me, because I'm an idiot and I have tons of ones that are not dimmable, but I have a dimmer, would it be, be easier then just to A, have it at the highest setting to where it would be just like turning the light on, or B, instead of a fixture that has f- spots for four light bulbs, just use two? Well, if it's producing too much light or a lower wattage. It's exactly what we're doing in the bathroom. Um, I can't fill that with bulbs without harming the people who'd like to use They're already rushing in because they have to use the restroom, and then I shock them with the massive amount of light. Just uh, trying to help them get more pigment, man. There's so, you know. <laughs> half the bulbs now, because that's, that's how we had to solve that. Mm-hmm. In your basement, change it out with a dimmable bulb, because you can still keep those other bulbs for replacing upstairs. Oh, yeah, I've got them everywhere else. Just, um, just that, that's the one spot that has the dimmer that we yeah. use. Mm-hmm. And... If you're going to leave it somewhere, leave it full tilt. It's That is the best for the bulb itself. Now, later, if you come across some dimmables, put them in there, take these out. These are still good bulbs. You'll still use them and swap them out upstairs as other ones fail. Okay. But the, the other good thing about LEDs, they can last up to 10 years. So it may be a while before you're swapping them out. So, Jameson, the reflective surface paint that you put on the trim isn't the only reflective surfaces that can be used in the room. No. Um, a lot of time, if you're trying to move natural light around the room, especially for your beloved plants. Um, plants. <laughs> he loves plants. You would use mirrors. Mirrors are very good, obviously, as a reflective surface. That's probably the most common. Pictures with glass. As I'm looking around the room here, there we have multiple pictures that are in picture frames that have glass. Another thing that a lot of people don't think about are just glass in general. Your vases, your like potting plants, those are reflective slightly, not as obvious as mirrors and stuff like that. But there are pillows with sequins on them to get a little girly on you guys. There are many different textures and styles that you can use in a room to pull that light around. There are plants that need more direct sunlight, but in our other living room that has plants that don't need as much direct sunlight, that's where we can use the glass or basically shiny items. And you don't want, like, to turn the room into a disco ball. No, no. You just want to move this light around kind of equally. Yeah. Because if subtly too subtly, because if the room feels lit, no one runs in and turns on a light. Yes, exactly. In the interior decorating realm, nobody's going to use a high gloss on your wall. It's, oh, you're going to no. walk in and it's going to shock you. It's going to look like your walls are made of glass. It, it, it's not. It's not comfortable. It's not. It's not. You it, walk in, you just don't want to be there. It makes you feel like oh, like, you see those at doctors' offices and in hospitals, and it just makes you feel. I don't know. Harsh. Just, very harsh. Well, and the like, whole idea of realistic sustainability is finding that middle ground. Things you'll actually do. We can tell you all the different things, but if it doesn't fit you in your home, you're not going to do it. I'm not buying pillows with sequins on them. It's you're not happening. Gonna, I don't <laughs> believe that. Not for a minute. You're getting a Christmas present. Maybe I will. <laughs> but They're fun to play with. The, the idea is the ones that, that, we, that flip. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that we all learn these options and the ones that apply to us, we use. So now we've gone through a lot of the physical lighting. We've gone through a lot of things, little things that we can do in a room in knowing that each room has its own needs for lighting. There is one other aspect, and that is 
one of my favorites was his automation and using smart devices, timers, and programs to help reduce the amount of light used in the home or the energy used in the home. We have a home assistant. It is not hooked to the lighting yet, but there are smart plugs. There are home assistants. I won't say the name. I have it near me. It will answer. But there are ways to control the light in the house. Have you experienced any automated lighting systems before? Uh, yeah, not not like voice command, but um, we did an event at a brand new facility in Frankenmuth called Uptown North Main, and they, I think, started construction on it in the end of 17, and they completed it in mid-2018, 19. So all the lights upstairs are motion-censored and automated, so if they don't have any motion for 10 minutes, they start to dim, and it's on a five-minute dimming period where it incrementally goes down. Okay. So and it's then, not the, they just go out and someone's got to jump around and wait Yeah, for it's, it's, they're really sensitive. Like, it's a, it, they're incredibly sensitive. In fact, they should tone it down. <laughs> but um because you can like snap your fingers and it's like bloop 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 and they all go back on then there are uh in the bar area uh, manual switches where you can go through and you can switch it from their the automatic setting like that to kind of like a like a siri or an alexa or like a voice command um, but that is only in certain parts of the building so that doesn't like you can't command the entire banquet hall like that but you can do the bar area the lounge and the uh, the salons downstairs have one too is it the less used areas it's these, yeah, it's the ones that are less used as a whole, like if you average it out. So if you do like a wedding for 300 people, uh, the majority of the people are going to sit in the dining room. The bar only holds 70. Okay. So it would be uh, ones that are like the, the people will be there constantly, like the bartenders aren't going to leave that room so they can kind of control everything that goes up and down. As for the salon downstairs, I have 100% no reason why, I have no idea why they have it. There's no reason that I could see why they would have it since there's three or four businesses in the lower portion of the building, and only one is fitted with that technology. The diner doesn't have it. There's a, uh, a holistic all-natural store down there. They don't have it, just the salon. Okay. Jamie, have you had any experience with the automated stuff like that? I think the original was clap on, clap off. <laughs> <laughs> I won't exactly Catch call that a smart device, but I guess it can I mean, work in the same group as like timers and stuff like that. That was smart in its day. It was... <laughs> entertaining yes and, even and annoying at, at times it's I, not nearly as functional as the commercial was <laughs> the commercial was awesome <laughs> i have run into it even at plants uh, as, as we've talked not mm-hmm. the plants in the house i've mentioned that i'm an engineer and when i visit manufacturing plants some of the less used areas i went to a a plant down in uh, detroit where i was the only one on this wing of the plant. They were in the process of shutting this facility down. A lot of the things were out. It was very creepy. You mm-hmm. have a, kind of a saw scene in every room, kind of without people. Um, the blood, hopefully. So glad you <laughs> want to play a game. So as I'm trying to find my way back out, I look down this dark hallway and I'm thinking, well, this should be entertaining. <laughs> but as I walk, the first set of lights came on. That's almost o- creepier. Only the set directly in front of me. They do that at the grocery store. Yeah, now. that's that is ballpark the most amazing thing though. Mm-hmm. That's creepy, but when you see that with an ice cream out, it's like ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. <laughs> by me, by me, by me. <laughs> this is like all my choices. Soon they'll have spotlights on certain just, ones they, that pay more for the advertising. You're right. not you are not shopping in an expensive enough area. They do that in some where you like go to like a like a grocery store in like downtown Chicago. And when I say downtown, it's a suburb. It's not like 
in the heart of Chicago, but you go in there, like, I want to get some ice cream, and you're looking at, like, Ben and Jerry's, and then the next thing turns out, and they have a spotlight, and it's, like, Hudsonville. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> well, hello. This looks better. <laughs> and more inviting. And so I have this probably 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Where as I walk, I hear the click of the next light and the click of the other one shutting down every seven feet, six feet. As I walk down this long, empty hallway, (laughs) I wish this was a TV show. You all should have just seen Nick's face. It is a very uncomfortable walk, but I guarantee they're spending a lot less on their energy. So I was just reading last night because since we were talking about lighting, and I know this doesn't have to do much with inside the home, but our honeymoon was in Hawaii on the big island. It was beautiful. And Mike's in love with it. We're we're retiring there, just so you know. They have very low light pollution. Absolutely. And it is such low light pollution that when you are in the middle of nowhere on the big island, it is equally as creepy <laughs> it is it is an, it, it's beautiful and it's but it's i mean you're not gonna see anything coming <laughs> no i'm gonna start with what an amazing place and if you're an astronomer mm-hmm. what a i mean i'm not sure if there is a better place because there the houses use a faint yellow light and it has to be angled down so when you're driving you can see the light cones from your vehicle from your headlights. And as an engineer, I've seen how they design those cones. I've never physically seen the light look like that, but in Hawaii you do because there is no other light, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. Yep. I have two things I need to, I have needed to ask you for months and I've continuously forgotten. Is it the main island of Hawaii that has the, the observatory that's above yes. the clouds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you go? We could not get a Jeep. How dare you? It okay. does not have an they easy to access you... road. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I was reading about it and I was like, how? And I was I was taking aback. I was like, well, so they went, they spent their honeymoon there. And my brother is, this is what he does. And I, it, it, it was an amazing, that's the one thing I can say. Because we spent 10 days there. We saw two islands and we saw all of two islands. That's probably, that is the one site other than a sea turtle. I really wanted to see sea turtles. So there. we're going to have to go back so we can both do that. Because I want I, well, I, I want to see a sea turtle probably more than anything, but that would be amazing. Yeah. It, again, the whole place is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything you look at just gives you a moment of awe. Mm-hmm. But there is a need for me to get up that mountain and get above that cloud line. And now I will tell you, we're from Michigan. And one of the funniest parts of that trip is everybody consistently saying, well, you, you better bundle up. It's very cold up there. <laughs> I mean, it can get like 45, 50 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, okay, we're going in shorts. <laughs> but it is one of those things I, ha- I I already plan on going back. But that is one of the things I have to do. And it's difficult there. A lot of the places you can only get to in Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the rent- Jeep rentals will not let you take the Jeep up there. Why? So, it, it's insurance. not a road. Yeah, it's not a road. It's insurance purposes. You would so they built a massive observatory, but didn't build a road to get to the it's observatory. It's a federally funded and a state funded they... facility on a road ish. Did they they run out of money before they put the road down? No, it's just Hawaii. If you go to a state park, mm-hmm. you will be lucky if you get a sign that tells you it's a state park mm-hmm. and a handrail, and it could be a lava tube that takes you to the ocean. But once you've left the handrail, 
you've ended their responsibility. <laughs> it I get says, that. It says, it has signs that says, pass this at your own risk. There is danger of death. The end. And it's a state park. <laughs> I understand that, but there's a big difference between a state park and the observatory. Like, they built a facility to look at the sky. Well, they have... Um, it's super high up, and but they didn't build a way to get there. The people who work there have Jeeps and Tundras. Well, it, yeah, that's a lot of the famous, yeah, famous vehicle of the island. But they do have where you can pay, you know, so much per person, and they take, you know, a group of you up there. Which quite a few times, I was like, "Do you want to do this? Would you like to do this?" Would you? And he's like, "No, no, no." But I think it was more of a we had so much going on, and he knew he already that he wanted to go back. So, but it's and I wanted to see whales. Yes. Okay. Whales are seasonal. That sky will be there every single time we go. Yeah. Oh, it's a certain species of whales that migrate there or something because mm-hmm. of the temperature of the water. Yeah, the humpback the whales come through in their breeding cycle there. Once oh. that process is over, they head back to Alaska. That's cool. I didn't know that. So while we were there, they, the humpback whales were everywhere. Well, they're pretty really decent cool. size. I mean, they're it's really cool. very decent size. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Once we learned it, so we, we went on this these long drives. She started staring out the window at the ocean because they are everywhere. You would just see them jump randomly. It was it was awesome. They breach? Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, like go straight out and slam themselves, like belly smack themselves back into the ocean. You'd see it from the coastline. That's awesome. It was really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we were there during that time. That became the priority to see those things because we can go see the sky anytime. And we've even anytime. got a real nice spot here in Michigan to do the same. I did uh, read also, though, that by 2021, they are going to be changing. They're hoping to have all the lights changed out because, like you said, it was like a yellow light Mm -hmm. and it was concentrated and directional. But remember, it wasn't extremely helpful. It it made sure I didn't hit their house. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I think they're going to be going towards a probably a still directional because they're they're not going to want it to shine up obviously to for light pollution but from the sounds of it they are going towards the route of smart lighting is the exact wording they use basically the government workers mm-hmm. won't have to drive around anymore and go is this light on is this light on is this one out you know right It'll report. Back. It will report back to them. It'll report so which ones are off and on, and also which ones are working well versus which ones are starting to dim, and those those sorts of well and issues. You, you that have remote control. That's one of the. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the things I do with our home for smart device is for my own laziness. Mm-hmm. Our workspace is in the attic. We are quite often on the first floor. To get up there is not only a flight of stairs, but then like a submarine ladder to get to the attic, to the, through the hatch, to grab my pencil that I want to use when I'm right down here. If I leave the light on after I've done that, I've come all the way back down. I am not going all the way back up there. Just it's just to not going to happen. But I can mm-hmm. take my phone and turn it off. What would have been a light just running all day, Mm -hmm. which is not great for sustainability, obviously, and not great for my bill, can be turned off from a distance. If we're out of town in Hawaii, remember, I I checked the thermostat the same way. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody why this matters. We get our electricity from the power company, but the power company runs on natural gas, coal, and oil. Part of the reason why we wanted to reduce our consumption is, of course, to save on our bill. 
But the greenest watt is the one that was never needed to be produced. Hmm. So if you are pulling from an electric company nearby, you're using these feedstocks, these sources, these emissions. If we reduce and, and we're smarter about how we do things, it forces the electric company to make changes. It costs them money to have those feedstocks. Solar doesn't cost much at all. Wind does not cost much at all. That's why they'll start moving to those sources. So I want to remind some people of a, of a fact that is not known widely. When you burn a piece of coal or you burn a certain amount of natural gas to give electricity to homes, about 16% of that energy is what makes it to the homes. Wow, it's yeah. a big waste. So when you talk of difference between a 8-watt and a 100-watt bulb, between an incandescent and an LED... Over time, it isn't just the difference in wattage there, but how much did they have to create and convert at the power plant just to deliver that 16% to us? Because right. it is heat loss, vibration loss, transfer loss, resistance loss of yeah. the wires. It's got to be conditioned for the home so that it doesn't create spikes within the home and damage the appliances. So by the time they're done burning that chunk of coal, that tiny amount is what makes it to our house. But we account for that whole piece of coal because they had to burn it to get us that tiny amount. Now I feel bad that our lights are on. Our lights, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that would be fantastic. Uh <laughs> Mission accomplished, Mike. So we will leave you with that, that thought right there. Turn your lights off. I appreciate you listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, leave a comment. If there's some topics you'd like to hear, add those in the comments too. The more we hear from you, the more we love it. I appreciate you listening. I'm Mike. I'm Nick. I'm Jameson. Have a great night. And wash your windows. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.